Now, I have right here in the very beginning of my notes. It's, it's my notes. It's, it's for me. It says, this is my year. Now, I know you think it's your year, but it's not. It's my year. It's, this is my year. And, and that's what God has, I believe, has witnessed in my heart. It's my year. Now, now, because I don't own those words, you can borrow those words. You can. And so, in every day that the devil is trying to defeat you, discourage you through relationships, through home situations, through financial difficulties, through uh, whatever it is that the devil's fighting you in, you need to get up, look that devil right in the face, say, this is my year. And this is the, this is the year that God's going to greatly bless me. So, it's so powerful that the declaration of God, it comes out of our mouth. In fact, declaration of proclamation is probably the strongest thing that can straighten out any of our lives. If your life is going crooked, you need to come up in the Lord to where you begin to decree. You begin, begin, you need to quit saying what the devil's saying, start saying what God's saying for the glory of God. And you will be amazed at the power of those words. Somebody say, are that magical? No, it's spiritual. It's the power of God that's able to go out. And the Bible says that we will all live with the words of our mouth. So if you want to know what, the, what your words have been, look at your life. And if your life is in such a turmoil, then change your mouth. One of the graces. Now, that doesn't mean that you've been speaking bad things. That just means that that changes it. That changes it. It creates the same way that God stepped out on nothing one day and began to speak everything that we see, feel, hear, and touch and brought it into being. You have the opportunity to step out in your world and bring change too. So you need to quit agreeing with the devil and start agreeing with God. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to start agreeing with God and make sure that what we say is what God's saying about us. I tell you what, God's not saying bad things about you. God is saying good things about you. God is saying good things about you. And so because God's saying good things about you, then you need to be, mimic the Lord. Now, we're going to talk about today how to empower that. We're going to talk about how to empower, how we can empower your prayers, how we can empower your declarations, how we can empower your proclamations where that they will have power. Because one reason, one reason that, that we keep talking the talk of the devil, because we tried the talk of God for a short season and we didn't see any change. But I'm going to talk to you today how to change that. How to change it? How your talk not only will it be wind, it will be it will be power of the Holy Spirit that God intends to come out of your life and begin to create in all of our lives that which God desires to be. See, God is in heaven. Somebody say, God's in heaven. God's in heaven. Holy Spirit is here, but you're the Holy Spirit's voice and mouth. So if Jesus is going to look at anybody and say you you be healed, it's going to come through your mouth. If Jesus is going to be here to encourage anybody, it's going to come through your mouth. Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is here. But, but Jesus and God the Father is in heaven. And so if the will of God is going to happen on earth as it is in heaven, somebody here has got to start talking like heaven. And somebody here has got to start having faith like heaven. And if we'll have faith like heaven and talk like heaven, praise God. Well, my little darling is going to be here next week. Man, have you got something in store for you? Her and, her and Donald's tearing it up in Camden today. <laughs> Donald, Donald's preaching outside and she's preaching inside. Now, I won't tell you how that all happened about. But, <laughs> but she'll be here next week and, and she'll be mimicking some of the same things, probably that's in my heart. Uh, as we, as Lane and I sat this morning, she sat and I stood and we partook communion as we do on a daily basis to impart the power of the cross in our life. 
then there this morning as we took that bread and, and that broken body of Jesus and began to apply it over your life and, and took a hold of that fruit of that vine and we began to partake of that, that juice which, which demonstrates the power of the blood that's prevailing. I want you to know God's already made you ready for victory. <laughs> Woo! Yes, He has. God has already created and made you ready for victory. All you got to do is cooperate. All, we, all any of us have to do is just cooperate with the Lord. So this is my year. For God promised it to me. How many of you, God promised it to you? Somebody, somebody got a promise? Somebody got a promise? Somebody got a promise? Somebody got a promise? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a bunch of them. <laughs> I, I, usually keep, I usually keep notebooks. Somebody says, why don't you preach out of notebooks? Because these are my promises, man. I just hold to them. Sometime in the middle of the night, Mike, man, in the middle of the night, I'll, the old enemy will be trying to get me to worry about something. And in the middle of the night, man, I'll just reach over and grab my notebook. He usually stays right beside my bed. I read it and I'll sleep on it. I'll hold it to my chest. <laughs> I just want that devil to know I'm not giving up. That that word is going to live and it's going to produce in our life. Praise God, because we believe it. All right, but, but the next little part on that I have to tell you. But, Bar, it is not what you're promised that you're going to receive. Isn't that terrible? I've been talking about your promise, but... It's not what you're promised. It's what you fight for that you promised that you're going to receive. You hear what I'm telling you? Nobody wants to fight. Man, we want to rest and relaxation. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Paradise. Anybody ever listened to Finnish Jennings Dake years ago? I mean, he's dead with the Lord now, but he wrote a Bible and did so many wonderful things. Finnish Jennings Dake. And he drew a picture of a person in paradise. And I, I laugh at that picture because in that picture, he's, he's a guy laying out in his favorite recliner, you know. I want you to know, this is not recliner life. Amen. This is fighting life. You've got to fight if you're going to win this thing. See, it's, it's you and God that's going to win this thing. It's just not God and it's just certainly not you. But it's you and God that's going to win this thing. It's you believing God and God trusting in and you trusting in God and God equipping you that's going to win this thing, that's going to change your life, that's going to change your finances, that's going to change your world, that's going to change your health. It's you and God. It's God and you. You've got to cooperate, working together. Man, you make a good team. Amen. You've got a good teamster with you and God will be able to help you. Praise the Lord. All right, uh, we can find that in so many places in Scripture, especially going all the way back to the promised land and, and think about the promises. Man, they had so many promises given to them, the children of Israel I'm talking about. I mean, they have, for hundreds of years, these glorious promises were given to them. In the glorious promises, you're going you're to enter into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. You're going to live in houses that you didn't build. You're going to have vineyards that you didn't even plant and all those glorious things. But how many know it took winning city after city to be able to conquer that promise that was given to them. And I'm going to tell you what, honey, it's going to take that. It's going to, now, now, Vesta, I want you to notice, see that big hole in that shoe? It just busted out while to go, girl. It did. I got the preaching so hard up here and, and so excited. Started dancing a little bit and, and those shoes just wouldn't stand the test. <laughs> so, so, in a minute, if I walk out of these shoes, you just praise the Lord, okay? Because I'm just... I'll just dance in my socks here this morning. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, the Lord is so good. All right, in the book, uh, I'm going to read with you if we would, James chapter 4, a little basis of what we're talking about. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Uh, it says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. Simple verse. God says, come close and I'll come close. 
Now, the initiative is on us to, to make that first approach to the Lord. But God said, if you will make that first approach, then God said, then I will approach you. I will come. I want to talk to you this t- today about the presence of God and what the presence of God has ready to make available in your life this year. I'm talking about not just praying. I'm talking about praying from the promise of God or from the presence of God. And I'm not, I'm not talking to be just laying claim. I'm talking about laying claim from the presence of God. Because the presence of God is what empowers what you claim. The presence of God brings life to the Word. The Spirit of God brings life. It takes, takes two things. If you're going to make it, it takes becoming a student of God's Word. Each one of us. Somebody hold up God's Word. I see all your little iPhone stuff. Yeah. Yeah, see, see, we, we gotta become a student of the Word of the Lord. The only, the, only, the only way, the only way my life is gonna change, I've gotta find promises that promise me what God has said. And then the second thing, I've gotta become a student of His presence. Because it takes the Word of God empowered by the Spirit of God, empowered by the presence of God, that causes it to live. Now, down through the years, I've tell you what I've heard, I, I've heard, I am a confessionist. Well, I mean, I believe, I believe saying what God says about me. I just believe that. And let me tell you what, it'd be a lot better for me to say what God says about you than what I would want to say at times. <laughs> no, I take that back. But, but, but what, but that, you don't understand what I'm saying. It's just a lot better to live a life talking God language than, instead of talking human language. Because if you talk God's language, God says, I love you. You talk human language, say, I'm mad at you. <laughs> See, there's just a real difference that, that it brings about there. And so the, the presence of God, those two things working simultaneously side by side is the Word of God working with the presence of God. And I, I dare say that this is where that I believe. I believe this is a year of God's presence. Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm a pastor. So I'm not speaking prophetically in that sense other than that God gives a shepherd the ability to find the path for sheep. That's our job. That's our goal. That's, that is what pastors are anointed to do is to find a path for its sheep and then to help you to come into a protected place. That's what the job of shepherd. In fact, the word shepherd is also in the Hebrew, the word shepherd and the word friend are the same word. And what that says is that God is not only our shepherd, but he's our friend. And I can trust my friend. I can trust my friend to lead me in the right path. And I can trust, the, I can trust that path that God's leading me in because it will end up in a protected place. So God really wants. So I'm, I'm going to talk about not only do I want to talk about, not only do I want to talk to the power of God's word and the power of his presence. I want to talk to you about warring. Talk about war. Those three words don't seem to go together, but God said three W's. Worship, word, and war. Worship, word, and war. This has got to be a year of worship, word, and war. Now, what is a believer, what we like to do, we like to worship, and we like the word. Let's cross out the war. But no, that's not, it'll never happen unless you war. Unless you conquer that area that God is telling you belongs to you. Unless you conquer it. You've got to conquer it. You've got to overcome it. And down through the years, I've watched so many. I said that I believe in confession. I believe in confessing what God says about me. But I have listened to a lot of confessionists that had no presence of God in their life. And the words fall dead. I've had people confess brick houses and now they're dead and the house still there. You understand what I'm telling you? I mean, what I'm, what I'm telling you is this. That it's got to be, be words spoken out of the presence of God. 
Now, the wonderful thing about it, see, you can take the word and you can use the word, but you can't use the presence of God unless you're worthy for the presence of God. There's certain things that God tells us that, that, that causes, that works in my life, that brings me into the presence of God. And there's certain things I've got to be ready to lay aside if I'm going to have the presence of God. Or I've just got a mouthful of words. If I, if, I, if I want God, if I want God to really manifest in my life, then I'm going to have to take my words and then I'm going to have to, whatever it takes. Somebody say, whatever it takes. Somebody stand, stand up and shout, whatever it takes. Would you do that for me? Just say, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get into the presence of God. Now, I'm going to tell you what, according to Scripture, there's a lot of things that try to separate me from God's presence. It can be everything from sin, from my negligence, from my lack of obedience, to my, my focusing my life on the wrong things that can hinder me from the presence of God. You, make, you may think you can fool the Word, but you can't fool the presence of God. And so this is going to be a year where it's going to take the Word of God being spoken, declared, proclaimed. Oh, oh I just love to say those words, declared and proclaimed. Oh, I love to say that it's going to take it where the Word of God is going to have to be declared and proclaimed, but it's going to have to be from an atmosphere of His presence. Because that's what's going to empower your prayer. That's going to empower your words. It's going to empower your confession. It's going to empower the words that you're singing. Now, it's going to empower. It's going to make it life inside us. So we're going to have to pay the price, whatever it takes to be in the presence of God. Now, we can talk about the presence of God, and, and we can say the omnipresence of God, and that certainly means that God's everywhere. <laughs> How many of you are thankful God's everywhere? Man, David was. He said, even if I went to hell, I'd find God's there. You understand? I mean, I don't, I don't know if God comforts in hell a best hour or what, but, but anyway, but in the process of it, there is omnipresence of God, and that's where most people live. Most people live their life in the omni. What I mean, God is everywhere. Oh, you believe in God? Oh, yeah, He's everywhere. Yeah. But that's not the presence of God, or it's not, it's not the degree of the presence of God that's going to bring change in your life. That's going to be the presence of God that holds this world up and together and causes the moon to, to sun to set and the moon to rise. I mean, all that causes the earth to spin. That is the omnipresence of God because God's word is just out there all the time. But that's not the power of the presence of God that God's talking about that's going to be changing my life. And then we could talk about the Shekinah glory of God. And that happens when two or three are gathered together in his name. When two or three come together and they're gathered together, man, that happened this morning. I believe there were some back heels healing this morning. I, I, I believe that because you know what happened? Because two or three were gathered in his name and God shows up. See, God, that's what he's promised. This shows that when he, when he says, I, where there's two or three gathered in the name that I will be there, that's more than God everywhere. That's God there where two or three are gathered in his name. And out of that amount of the presence of God, you can receive healings and deliverances. You can read revelations. A lot of wonderful things happen like that. Oh, don't you love when you read about Jesus? It said Jesus healed them all because the power of the, of the presence of God was there. So the presence of God was able to bring complete healing over everybody. How many is looking for a service like that? <laughs> yeah. Man, we're looking for a service like that. But I'm talking about even a third degree of the presence of God. I'm talking about what God's talking about this year, where you and God become a team, where God begins to empower your words, not empowers the church's words, but empowers your words, where God is in your prayer, and God begins to move from your prayer, and God begins, I'm talking about the personal presence of God. I'm talking about that part of the presence of God that you can't fool it, you can't, you can't deceive it, you can't act it out, you can't fool it in any kind of way. I'm talking about the presence of God that comes in the, for your, your life. 
Now, to do that, I was going to give so much in this that I don't have time at all to even embrace it, okay? So I'm just going to give you some tidbits in the process of it. But in the presence of God, I want to encourage you to begin to slow yourself down in prayer. And then, and what, what will happen is this. You, you gotta, we've got to understand that it takes the presence of God for prayer, prayer to work. It does take the presence of God and, and begin to slow yourself down. Take us, take, take, I always say, say slow and entering. <laughs> so making it slow and entering makes it fast and acting. Making slow and end. What that means is take your time. The Bible says you enter into his course with praise and to his, and into his gates and to his course with praise. So with thanksgiving and praise, then you begin to come into the presence of God. So what, what you want to do is you want to slow down your prayer life or prayer time. Or not just your prayer time, your riding time. Or not just your riding time, you're sitting outside your lunch, eating, sitting outside your work, eating lunch time. Or wherever it is, wherever it is you can find a moment, you want to have the presence of God. And the goal is in all of our lives to where we live and move in that presence. The goal is that in our life, truly, that the presence of God not only is everywhere, but the presence of God is with me in a personal way to where every, everywhere I am. But that's, that's the goal. And so, but it starts with, and it's the easiest place to start with is in your prayer life. It starts in your prayer life, making it slow in your entrance. What does that mean? You just begin to start worshiping God. You don't start your prayer life with, oh, my God. <laughs> you start your prayer life with, I love you, Lord. And, and, ta- and, and learn and learn that, that I've got to have the presence of God. See, because the, the presence of God is, is somebody says, well, I just accept it by faith. Well, there are the things that are accepted by faith. But, but you know, the thing about that Jesus taught us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if Jesus is there, he's there. If he's not there, he's not there. That's what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John teach us. What does that mean? Blind Bartimaeus had to attract Jesus to where he was for the presence of God to be there. For Jesus to be there, it had to be attracted. And so where the Jesus was, there's healings and things that take place. So what you want to happen, wherever you are, you want Jesus to come. You want the presence of God to be there. Now, there is a certain amount that can be taken by faith, but there's a lot of things that can't be taken by faith. What that means is, God, the book, Bible says in the book of Hebrews that God wants me to train my senses to discern. Right? It says, train your senses to discern good and evil. Uh, you, you know what? I, I got saved about 50 years ago. But, my, but how many know my language didn't get saved? I mean, it took years for Lane, Lane's language to get saved. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because what it is, it's the three tenses. It's the tenses of salvation. Uh, I, I was saved. What does it mean? I was saved. Man, 50 or so years ago, I gave my heart to the Lord. I knelt in front of that television set. Billy Graham was preaching, and I accepted Jesus lock, stock, and barrel right there. And so I was saved. But I'll tell you what, my language didn't get saved. And I'll tell you, my imagination didn't get saved. And a lot of things about me didn't get saved. My entertainment didn't get saved. But in the process, then, then so not only have I been saved, but I am being saved, the Bible says. What does that mean? I'm consistently conforming to the image of Christ. So, so I come into a place now to where my language needs to be saved. And not only does my language, but it took me a while. It took me a while on that one. Because I would think I'd be about to have it under control. And Lord knows somebody would make me real mad. And then I find out my language is not saved anymore. 
<laughs> and same way with entertainment. See, I say, well, you know, I'm, I'm saved. But I flipped through TV and before you know it, I was watching something I shouldn't watch. And, and my entertainment wasn't saved. But the goal of my life is to be able, not only that I was saved, I am being saved, and I shall be saved. What does that mean? Lock, stock, and barrel. So that means everything about me, that God wants to save it. God wants to deal with it in the, in the process. That Well, I'm telling you, it took years for my feelings to get saved. Now, my feelings didn't get saved. How many of you, your feelings didn't get saved? You can tell that by how much you believe you're discouraged when you feel discouraged. How much you're depressed when you feel depressed. How much you feel down, how much you believe you're down when you feel down. See, all of that is in. So that's what the Lord is talking about here. That's why he's talking about in the book of Hebrews. He said, we have to have our senses trained. I gotta train those stinking feelings how to feel for God. In fact, the book of Acts, it says that, Acts chapter 27, it says, I feel after God. What it means my feelings, God wants me to be able to come to a place where my senses become sanctified. I'll use that good word, sanctified. All right? God wants me to where my, where my feelings can begin to sense the presence of God. I'm going to tell you what, I, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm better than I used to be. How many of you can have those times in those church services when, where you can feel God just coming to there? Amen. In those midst of praise, and Justin did a wonderful job on that praise this morning. That praise team, let's give them a hand, man. They were out of the world today. Woo. But, but our feelings have to get saved. We have to, the Bible says the way we do it, that we have to train them. We have to train our feelings to discern good things or God things and enemy things. And if I can train my senses, like if I can allow that part of me to get saved, <laughs> if I can allow that part of me to get saved, then I can come to a place where I can begin to discern the presence of God. And I tell you, one of the most glorious times I have, I, I would swap it with meeting with anybody. I, I'd swap it with, with meeting with kings and leaders and everything. It's in the morning when I walk in there in the Jesus. And I begin to just say, Lord, I love you. And for I begin to brag on him a little bit. If you want to draw Jesus into your life, just begin to brag on him. You quit complaining, honey, about Jesus and you start bragging on him. And you start bragging on what he's done for you. There may be some issues in your life that hadn't worked out. But my God, think about the things that have worked out. Think about the things that, that have. I, I'm talking about my, my uh, language being saved. I, was, uh, I, was, I, was, I started preaching. I was, uh, I was saved. And about a year and a half later, I was pastoring. And so you can know that church was filled with wisdom. I mean, I didn't know anything about anything. And... Uh, and during the process, so I went to a, a preacher meeting. And Lord, they had some of that preacher meeting. I've ne- never seen them have, have be- be- since then. I never knew they had it before. Uh, they, 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 well, they first approached me and they said, well, well, brother, you've got to have a preacher license. I said, I'm not wanting one of those things. I said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been called by the Lord. And, and so I went to that meeting. And in that meeting, we were to act out something. And I got the part of acting unsaved. Well, I didn't know you couldn't talk unsaved in front of the other preachers. Cause my, cause my language had not been saved yet. You understand? So, so when it came my part, man, I acted that well. <laughs> whoa, whoa, turn that tape off, turn that tape off, they thought. <laughs> Well, one thing about it, they've never asked me to act again. 
So, <laughs> so it's in the process of the Lord training us. We, we've got to train ourselves by, by the presence of the Lord. You, you, you take it, and, and I want you to begin that this year. I want you to begin, number one, just begin to desire to come into the presence of the Lord. And then as you desire to come into the presence of the Lord, then just begin to brag on Jesus. I tell you what, Jesus is going to go where you're bragging about him. And you just begin to brag on the Lord. Not complaining. And don't let your start of your prayer life be your 12 prayer needs. Start with the presence of God. Use your time. The Bible says, uh, wait on the Lord. The Bible does that period of wait. But it also says, be still and know. The reason most people don't know what to do because they're not being still long enough to let God reveal to them. You've got to be still in the presence of the Lord. And that word still means quiet. You've got to come before the Lord, quieting your heart down, quieting your mind down, and just saying, God, you're just good. Lord, I understand. I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that light bill, but I'm going to lay that aside, and I'm just going to tell you how good you are and how wonderful you are. I'm going to tell you what, I can't wait to get there in the morning. I experienced that this morning. And, and in the process, of when, I, when I get to just lay those burdens down and lay those things aside and say, God, I'm not going to worry about those for a few minutes. I'm just going to worship my way right into your presence. And then we begin to worship God. And just tell him how good. I said, Lord, I'm just so thankful how you worked that out for me. I'm just so thankful. Lord, I remember a year ago how you came. And Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, how good you are. You provide for me. I never go to a table that there's not food. Lord, I just want to thank you. And Lord, I want to thank you how you've seen me through the hard times. Uh, there have been some hard times. But God, thank you that you saw me through those hard times. If you want to win in your life, begin to brag on Jesus Become a praiser and not a complainer. Amen. So, so you just begin to brag on the Lord and, and tell Him how good He is and, and how great He is and how mighty He is. And Lord, you can handle that for me. And then, then you begin to move in the presence of God. And then the Bible says, be still and, and, and sense what the Lord. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm a warrior in prayer. So, man, you give me a prayer guide. That's what I always want. Man, you give me a prayer guide, and I'm praying that for 20 years. I don't care if it happens, nothing, nothing happens with it, or not, but I'm praying for 20 years because I'm a warrior. Now, I love the, the cadence of a warrior. I love to get the marching in my prayer life. And I, well, I say, Lord, I, now I'm going to pray over this, and I begin to attack that. But I found out that if the presence of God is there previously, it does. I tell you what, God will take a slingshot and empower it where I'm trying to get a bazooka out there and do nothing with it. God can empower it. But if we will begin to worship our way into the very presence of God. And then some things begin to happen supernaturally. There are things that happen spiritually in the presence of God that happen in no other way. There are supernatural things that happen, the Bible says, that comes in the presence. Somebody says, you know, Pastor, I'm just so weak. I'm just so down and out. I'm just so discouraged. I'm just so depressed. Somebody says, Pastor, you know, sometimes I even get suicidal. You know, every, every one of those issues are shown in the Word of God to be the answer of them, to be the presence of God. Elijah, although he was discouraged and depressed, and although he was even suicidal, he said, if I can get to that little cave and I can go in there and Jesus meet me, everything will be fine. There's things that the presence of God can do in your life that, honey, that no one else can do and nothing else can do. So it's the search for the presence of God. That's what it has. Somebody said, I've got to get my prayer in. So what we've got to do is get in the presence of God. 
and then in the presence of God, then some, what happens in, as we begin to approach the presence of God? The Holy Spirit begins to convict us. Now, I tell you, you may not like that word conviction, but I love it. Because what that means is the Holy Spirit is going to help me get some things out of the way that's been hindering me from having a greater dimension of God's presence in my life. The Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows what's hindering me. I don't know sometimes. Man, I've, I've, I've already clarified. I've got, a, I've got a right to be mad at you, honey. So, so I, can, I can make it okay with me. But all of a sudden, I get to approaching God in the presence of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit begins to be inactive. And the Holy Spirit begins to convict me of the very things that's keeping me out of the presence of God. Instead of me being discouraged over the presence of God, I begin to say yes. I tell you, I tell you repentance is one of the greatest things that I love. Because it has power within it, honey. Don't argue. Don't, don't argue with things. What I mean is, man, if, if, if you're in a halfway place that, that the Holy Spirit's convict you, say, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. You know why? Because the power of forgiveness is the power of change. The power of, the Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just the Holy Spirit brings conviction. We say, yes, Lord, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. But your blood is just so strong. And your blood is so good, Lord. And your blood has the power to forgive me. And the Bible said in 1 John 1, 9, not only does it have the power to forgive you, it has the power to cleanse you. You know what that word cleanse means? It's the word for, that we would get or associated with the word dialysis. It, what, what happens is, is when I confess my sin, God hooks me up to a dialysis, dialysis machine. And just like a dialysis machine, it's a medical term really, just like a dialysis machine is there to clean the impurities out of my blood. Man, when you ask forgiveness, God hooks you up to his spiritual dialysis. And it begins not only to take care of what you've already done, it begins to cleanse that stuff out of your life so you won't do it again for the glory of God. Instead of living some kind of repetitious, sinful life, all of a sudden God begins to change us. Though we find that the very thing that's been keeping us out of the presence of God, we're now victorious over. I'm either forgiven or changed, honey. Amen. And whether I'm forgiven or changed, it still ushers me in through the very presence of God. Hallelujah. Though God can help me do that. So the Lord desires. So we, so we come into the presence of God. And then supernatural things begin to happen. Somebody says, well, you know, I can't get the gifts of the Spirit working. Well, well, honey, it's in the presence of God that they work. They don't work in your presence. They work in the presence of God. All of a sudden, when you begin to spend time in the presence of God, and I want to encourage you this year, I want to encourage you to begin to sit in the presence of God, begin to take time in the presence of God. I want to tell you what, when you begin to train your senses where you can detect, see, it's not that, that the presence of God is possibly not there. It's just our detectors are off. Our sensors are off. So we've got to get our senses fixed, got to get them saved, and got to get them healed to where that we can literally begin to detect what God is when God is coming close to us. And God wants that not just for a church service, not for just the Shantakana glory, but for the personal glory. God wants to be able to come into your life. And I believe this with all of my heart. Every one of our lives that are lacking, that's because we miss the sensing of God's touch and God wanting to give us. We sense them. Because when God, 
out of God's presence, there is unbelievable benefits. The Bible says that there is a strength. That God strengthens you in the presence of God. Now, what happens is this. As you begin to sense the presence of God, you train your senses. You're training your feelings. Hey, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of my feelings telling me when I'm discouraged. I'm ready for my feelings to begin to detect some good things. All of a sudden, the same way it does in every area of our life, we bring them out of the world and we bring them into God. We bring our, we bring our, just like I had to bring my language out of the world. I had to bring my language into God. I had to bring my thought life out of the world. I had to bring it into God. I had to change, I had to change my entertainment. All of a sudden, the things that I didn't think I enjoyed, I greatly enjoy because I brought my entertainment out of the world. I brought them into God. Some of you, the reason you're so miserable because you got so much going on over here in the world. And God says, if you allow Him to, the Holy Spirit will bring you into over here to where it will be in the presence of God. So the Lord is, is working in our lives, man. The Holy Spirit is working there. And so God wants to do this. My senses, my feelings the same way. Where my feelings were able. Well, you know, I just feel like she's mad at me, man. I just feel like she got something in for me. I feel like she's bothered about me and gives me a right to, to respond accordingly. But that's unholy ghost feelings. That's un, you understand? That's unholy spirit feelings. Holy Spirit saying, I wonder what's wrong with her. She must be down. She must be discouraged. I can feel her heart. I can feel, I can, I can sense that, that she's down today. And, and I've, God's put me here to be an encouragement in, in your life. Hey, honey, let me encourage you because I can feel that you're down today. I can sense that you're having a hard time. Here, let me, let me help you. Let me pick you up a little bit. Let me lift you up out of that. Let me pull you up, honey. Let me do it for the glory of God. And so your, your senses become to be trained. Now, now I don't know about you, but, but I, I know a little bit about horse training. When I was a kid, man, I just loved horses. That's what it was. I don't have a, I don't have a horse. I always tell Elaine, closest thing I got to a horse is my donkey and I call her Elaine. Uh, no, that's, you, better, you better not tell her that. Better not. Because <laughs> she would tell you that about me. She won't take, not about an eye, you know. But but I, even when you the, the pleasure of the pleasure of a horse is is a trained horse. I don't know if you've ever been on an untrained horse, but it's not much pleasure. <laughs> I mean, you're constantly trying your best to pull. And it's amazing God uses those terminologies when it talks about us being able to be follow the Spirit. It t- uses those terminologies. It tells us we're to be reigned by the Spirit. What that means is this. Now, unruly horse or unruly feelings, they're out there and they want to go where they want to go. But when you, when you train a horse under the, uh, with reining, it's not so. In fact, I, I love it. When you've got a trained horse, you just take that little bridle and you can just lean it. And when, when, that, when that bridle touches that side of the horse's neck, that horse turns left. And when that bridle touches, I'm talking about the top part of that bridle. When that bridle touches that, he turns right. But there's a step beyond that because then you get for a really a trained horse or what we call hunting horses. And they're beyond that. They sense the movement of the rider. And a really trained horse that's there for hunting senses the movement of a rider. That's why they're called that because they can be in the woods. And they, I tell you what, if you're being an untrained horse in the woods... Honey, you can get scraped and bumped and laying out and back out there off of that horse. 
But when you got a trained horse, it's not so. Because that rider can just lean. And as that rider leans, that horse responds. And then there is one higher than that. There's that horse that can literally feel the feelings of his rider. And he always takes care of that rider. Because a horse, moving with the rider, he can move right to left. But you got to up and down. That means there's a low limb out there. And that horse caring for you will look ahead at times and see that low limb and will completely go around because he's taking care of you. He's sensing your feelings. But I'm going to tell you what, that's where God's calling us to be. And the Bible said that we're to be reigned by the Holy Spirit. That's where God's calling our life. God's calling us to be able to be lived. And, and, and we may start off, man, you know how you do when you get a rough horse. Man, you start off, you, you take that... You take that bridle and that bit and you take it, boom, you pull, begin to pull against that thing. Boy, I've had horses where you could pull their neck all the way around back and they'd still be going the way they wanted to go. But I knew that's the way I did in my life a lot of times too. I mean, God trying to pull my neck all the way around there. I am still doing my own thing, wanting to do it just like I want to do it. What I'm saying is, Lord wants this to be a year of His presence. And I believe with all of my heart. Let me close with this. There's so many things. Can I tell you something really good? One, one, there's so many good things about the presence of God. But one good thing, while you're sitting in the presence of God, if you will begin to, to build your time and taking time, whether it's, whether it's five minutes in between your lunch break and your, or your break time sitting out in that chair by yourself, or whether it's that travel back and forth, or whether it's getting up seeking God, however it is, if you will begin to build that presence of God or desire and train yourself for the presence of the Lord, there will be moments that will change your whole life. I'm not talking about just feeling moments. I'm talking about power moments. God will begin to come to you because not only do you come to God. Remember what the next part of that verse says? If I come close to God, God comes close to me. Now, when I come close to God, the Bible says I enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to us, of course, we pray. But you know when God comes close to me, you know what happens? It said, open up the gates, your everlasting doors, and let the king of glory come in. Who is this king of glory? He's the mighty one in battle. Who's going to come into you? The battle warrior. Who's going to come? Now, when, when you begin to come close to God, like say you're coming there as a praiser, but when he walked close to you, he's coming as a warrior. That's why the Bible says you can be still and you let God fight your battles. If you want, if you want God to begin to handle your battles, if you're, now, as long as you want to fight him, God will help you if that's what you want. But if you want to come, if you want to step, take it up to a couple of notches this year and live a life where God begins to fight your battles and God begins to go there, then it's going to take that in your life. And then, and then so you, you, you begin to draw God. I mean, I mean, for, for a while, for a while you're saying, the Lord, I'm coming, I'm praising the Lord. But all of a sudden you get to that point and you say, God come, God come. I see, I reached that place so many times in prayer in the morning. I'll just say, God come, 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 come. Because on my, on my way in to the presence of God, God begins to develop my vacuums. I begin to dump things out of my life and vacuums begin to develop in my life. Well, do you know what happens if you put a vacuum in a flood of air? All of a sudden, that vacuum sucks at air in. And that's what God is intended to do in my life. The reason God's convicting you about things is not because he wants you to just walk in a certain way. It's because he wants to fill you in a certain way. So what happens is, as you begin to empty things out, then, then that vacuum, man, and then the presence of God. And you know what the presence of God, you know what the Spirit of God means, don't you? 
Spirit of God means breath. The word breath and the spirit are the same exact words in the Hebrew. So what you're talking about when the Spirit of God comes to you is the breath of God. When you have allowed a vacuum in your life, it just sucks God in there. Just whoo, whoo, whoo. And all of a sudden, it begins to suck right into your life, man. And then all of a sudden, man, you say, hey, Mr. Devil, where are you at, man? Where are you at, Mr. Devil? I'm just... And then, then you're at a position where proclamation declarations can begin to change your life. But let me take. But in the midst of that, when God comes, God changes time with you. There are times that God comes and He has the power to change your time, just like He, just the same way He did with Joshua. When Joshua needed time to change, God said, and Joshua stood and He told, spoke to the sun and moon, and they stood still. That's power. And what, and what happens is, is when, is, when the, is when God begins to come to you, God brings you into a kairos moment. Now, the word kairos is a spiritual term. It's a spiritual term. It's when God brings you a moment that changes all the other moments. Do you hear what I'm telling you? How many believe God can do that? I mean, how still many still believe in the miraculous move of God? The miraculous power of God? God can come to you and give you a, a uh, uh, the regular time, and, and telling that in a little bit, so uh, it, the regular time begins to be invaded. Now, you may just try your little old life long regular, regular time. Well, I wonder when God's going to come through. I just wonder when it's going to work out. Or you can sit in the presence of God, and God will begin to approach you. When God approaches you, He comes into regular time, changes it into Kairos time. What Kairos is, is a moment in time that changes all my other moments. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, I've had some Kairos moments. Yeah. I've been in some battles, honey, that was I could not move in any case in the world. There wasn't any way I could work it out. I could not change people. I've been in that with my family where I had no power to change. Had no power to change my family. Had no power to turn it around. But God's presence came. And what God could do in one moment was change all the other moments for the glory of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Kairos moments are available in His presence. There's so many wonderful things that's available for us in the presence of God, but we'll stop right there. And I just want to ask you, but it starts, it starts with our willingness. If there's things in my life and things that God's convicted me of, then I have to be willing at that moment. That's where I start. That's the starting place. That's not where I end, but that is the starting place. I'm going to ask you this morning. If you hear, and there's some things that need to change in your life, if there's some things that's wrong that you're willing to allow God to work in, I want you to quickly get up from your seat and come to this front. Would you do that with me? If there are some things in your life that you know the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart over, and you want to start this journey into His presence this year, I tell you, last night there in Camden Church, I, I laid on the altars. We do that every Saturday night. We lay on the altars, and I just laid on the altar, and I rubbed those altars and say, God, hey, Becky. I say, God, make this a special place. In the morning when people need to touch you, God, make it a special place. And around those altars last night, the anointing of God, I feel that same thing right here. How many can sense the presence of the Lord? Yeah. You know the, you know the presence of God. One way, as you, as you develop your senses, you'll learn. Strength oozes. You hear what I'm saying? Strength oozes. Now, if you're not old, you don't understand what the word oozes mean. You're going to have to go all the way back to your Brill Cream days to understand what. 
what oozes means. But what it means is, in the presence of God, God begins to ooze His strength into me. It's just like breathing. All of a sudden, the breath of God will come, and you'll breathe in something that will literally swell you up on the inside. You say, God, is that your breath? Is that your breath, God? Is that your breath? Is that your breath? Well, Justin's going to close us with this song. As we do, once you start, remember, it has, start, it has to start in God's way of coming in. This found all the way back in the tabernacle, in the temple, how you get into the breath of God. But it has to start with my willingness to allow Him to do what He needs to do. And I have to be willing to do or to give up what He needs to get into the presence of God. I have to be willing to do what it takes to get into the presence of God. So I want you to just let the Lord talk to you just for a few minutes and then you respond to Him. Then we're dismissed. All right. Praise God. Justin, go ahead. I'm not afraid anymore Won't run away anymore I am not afraid anymore I'm holding on to you I am not afraid anymore Won't run away anymore I am not afraid anymore Holding on to you I am not afraid anymore Won't run away anymore I am not afraid anymore We say yes, God We accept the invitation to your love We say yes, God. You and you alone can have it all. We say yes, God. We accept the invitation to your love. Say yes. You can have it all. We say yes, 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 accept the invitation to your love. Jesus everything I have Jesus
doubts and all my fears You can have it all Everything I have 